We're so glad you're here. We're gonna keep going in week two of our series called Paraclete. Of course, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our paraclete. If you weren't here last Sunday, you can go to our website or you can go to any of our online streams and you can download last week's message. I'm not going to re-preach everything I did uh, last week, but I am. I'm going to very quickly go through the sort of the highlights or the points that we learned last week because a lot of us have heard the name Holy Spirit. Uh, Many of us have even seen the Holy Spirit in operation and many more of us have seen the, the, the name of the Holy Spirit be violated and misused. And so we're trying to learn together who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do and what does it mean for me as a believer? And we learned last week that the Holy Spirit is our paraclete. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a created being. He's not an angel. He's not a lesser being. In fact, the Holy Spirit is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's not like God is up here and the Holy Spirit's down here. That's not how the Trinity works. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So here's the reality. I don't make demands on the Holy Spirit. I don't tell the Holy Spirit what to do, how to do it, where to do it, because the Holy Spirit is God. So when I speak about the Holy Spirit or I speak to the Holy Spirit, I understand that I am speaking about or I am speaking to God. The Holy Spirit, his place in the Trinity or his function in the Trinity is what we have been learning about. We learned last week that the Holy Spirit is our guide. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to go to the Father, and when I go, I'm going to send the Spirit of truth, and he's going, to, he's going to come to you, and he's going to be your guide. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17 says this, all of this I've spoken while still with you, this is Jesus talking, but the advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. In other words, Jesus is saying to his followers, the Holy Spirit is going to come, he's going to live in you, and he's going to guide you. He's going to bring to remembrance, or he's going to cause that truth that you know to come alive inside of you so that you know how to live out what it is that I have taught you. And that's what we learned last week. He is our paraclete, he is our helper, and he is our guide. We're going to move a little bit deeper into this today in understanding who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does, and we're just going to pick up where we left off last week. The first thing that I want you to see is this. The Holy Spirit amplifies Jesus. As we were moving into 2022, one of the things that I always do just in my own personal uh, spiritual journey is as I move into a new year, because new years are often about new beginnings, and it's really, it's really easy to look at a new year and say, okay, what's, what's coming next? So one of the things that I do as I enter into a new year is I say, okay, Lord, tell me, what, what, is, what, is, what is this new year going to be about, and what are you going to be doing in this new year? And I, I pray that about my own life, but then as a leader, 
uh, as a leader of a congregation, I pray that same prayer over us as North Place. Lord, what is, what is it that you're going to be doing? What is it that you're going to be saying? What are you going to be focusing on this year? And one of the things that the Lord spoke to me, and I really, I really didn't know how to comprehend it, was the Lord said to me, and this is just how he speaks to me. He said, Randy, I'm going to turn up the volume this year. And I thought, wow, that sounds good. Um, when I was a lot, 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 lot younger, um, my first car was a Ford Mustang. And um, do any of you remember um, Vanilla Ice? Some of you do. Some of you are going to have to go back and look up greatness. I don't know if you're going to find it there, but you... Um, but do you remember a line in a song, Rolling in My 5.0? Anybody remember that? Well, I didn't have a 5.0. I couldn't afford a 5.0. But I had a good pretend 5.0. I had an LS. And, and in that car, um, as some people did during that time, I worked all summer. I remember I worked really hard all summer and I bought these speakers, MTX Blue Thunders 15s and they were in the back of my, and uh, some of you are like, oh man, is this really my pastor? And uh, man, I, I, could, I could rattle, not rattle, not just the windows in my car, I could, I could rattle the windows of the neighborhood when I, I was that guy when I was 16. And I, there was just something awesome about turning up the volume, right? And so when the Lord began to say that to me, I, that's what I began to think about. Uh, and it kind of gave me some uh, flashbacks. <laughs> But I, I started saying, okay, Lord, help me, help me to really under, understand that because it can't, it, can't just, it can't just be that simple. And the more I moved into this, the more the Lord just began to teach me and show me some things that maybe I'd seen before or maybe had known before, but really used that illustration to make clear to me what I'm sharing with you today. And it really is a part of the work and the function of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we learned who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God. We don't take him lightly. We don't command him. We don't demand him. We don't point him in a direction. We obey him, right? And so in that humility, I started having to say, okay, Lord, if that's who the Holy Spirit is, I know that's who the Holy Spirit is. What does he do? And, and the Lord began to show me really clearly when he said, I'm going to turn up the volume. I'm going to amplify. What he meant was the work of the Holy Spirit amplifies. It makes louder and clearer and more distinct who Jesus is is. John chapter 15. This is Jesus continuing to teach the disciples about, uh, about the fact that, that he, although he's physically going away from them, that God would be present with them. He was changing his form, but, but his work was going to continue to move forward and was going to multiply. And the way it was going to happen was through the Holy Spirit's resident presence inside of them, amplifying the personality and the purpose of Jesus, John chapter 14 verses, uh, excuse me, John chapter 15 verses 26 to 27 says this. When the advocate comes, the paraclete, when the Holy Spirit, when the teacher comes, 
whom I will send to you from the Father. See, the Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they always do everything together. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, you know, you know me. And because you know me, now you're going to have this amplification inside of you, amplifying what you already know, this present reality of who I am. And then he continues in John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. But when he, the spirit of truth, remember, we learned this last week, the Holy Spirit is truth. Everything the Holy Spirit says, everything the Holy Spirit does is always truth. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Because if it's not truth, it's not the Holy Spirit. This is why in the Old Testament, when people walked around and claimed to be prophets, if they prophesied something and it didn't come to pass, they were stoned to death. You didn't claim to be the mouthpiece of God unless you were ready to get stoned to death if you did it, if what you said didn't come to pass because they understood the Holy Spirit is God. When you say you're speaking for God, you better take it seriously. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak, get this, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, talking about Jesus, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. This talks to us and makes clear to us the, the intricacy and the interconnectedness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They do nothing apart from one another. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. See, here's what I want you to get. When the Holy Spirit moves, when he does what he does, however you're comfortable characterizing, when the Holy Spirit moves, it will align with God's word and it will point people to Jesus. Jesus was saying to the disciples, listen, when the Holy Spirit moves, what he's going to bring you to, what he's going to reveal in you, what he's going to amplify in you, what he's going to speak, what he's going to do, it will come from the Father and it will point people to me because that's how the Godhead works together. Pastor, how do I know if somebody, how do I know when somebody says they're speaking for God or they're, the Holy Spirit has told them something? Well, it's really simple. Is it a, in alignment with God's word and does it point people to Jesus? Is it in alignment with God's word and does it point people to Jesus? Is it in alignment with truth and it does it point people to Jesus? That is the easy way to understand because the Holy Spirit will not violate God's word because according to Jesus, he doesn't speak anything except that which has been spoken to him by the Father. He is truth. He is the spirit of Truth. So in other words, when somebody gets up to you and they say, well, God said this or God told me this and it contradicts the Bible, then I know they're not speaking by the Spirit of God. I'm going to go to this side because that side. So when somebody says, Pastor, God told me I don't have to tithe.
may have told you you don't have to give an offering because we know from scripture that offerings are something that we do in certain circumstances and situations, but he's not gonna tell you you're not supposed to tithe because we see the clear demonstration from scripture even before the law of Moses that God inscribed upon the hearts of a people that we are a part of his economy, not our own economy, and the way that we do that is to submit to that by bringing our first fruits to him. God's not gonna tell you not to tithe. He may tell you not to give an offering in the circumstances. He's not gonna tell you to tithe. Well, that one's popular too. Okay. Well, Pastor, God told me, uh, God told me to leave my wife. Really? He did. Yeah, she's mean. She doesn't cook very well. And he said, I'm free from the burden of that woman. He told you that, huh? You see what I'm saying? Oh, Pastor, God told, come to tell me that, that uh, you know, we're, uh, we just do too much of that singing about Jesus. We need, to, we need to change our songs. We need to sing more about stuff that makes us feel better about ourselves. Our music's too, it's too Jesus-focused. See, here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit moves... All of his moving, everything he says, everything he does will be in alignment with God's word. So it's not, it's not hard. I know we feel like it's hard. We feel like it's hard because we don't know our Bibles. We feel like it's hard because we haven't written his word on our heart. Therefore, we don't know how to not sin against him. And because we don't know our Bibles, because we don't know truth, and because we don't have a relationship with God, because we don't do our daily 20, because we don't spend time in his word, and we don't spend time in prayer, and we don't spend time listening to him, we don't know what is truth. When in reality, as disciples, as followers of Jesus, if we will commit ourselves to writing his word on our hearts so we will not sin against him, if we, will, if we will commit ourselves to spending time with him so that we as his sheep will know his voice and not be led astray, knowing truth isn't hard. It's simply a matter of knowing God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And so everything he says and everything he does will align with God's word and it'll bring glory and it'll bring honor to Jesus. So in other words, the, the question is, does this point to Jesus? Does this bring honor to Jesus? Anything that I participate in as a believer, the way I measure what we do as a church is I don't measure it against whether or not you're satisfied as a customer. I don't measure Sunday morning by whether or not you walk out of here and you feel like you got your money's worth from the day. That's not how I measure a Sunday. I measure a Sunday by did we point people to Jesus? I don't measure a Sunday by whether or not, although I appreciate it, you say, pastor, you look smart today. Or whether or not say, you say, pastor, I enjoyed your sermon today. I don't measure Sunday by that. I'm glad when you do it, it certainly helps me feel better about myself. But at the end of the day, the question is, what was shared from our pulpit, did it align with God's word? Was it truth and did it point people to Jesus? If it pointed people to Randy, we've got a problem. If it pointed people to Desra, we've got a problem. But if it pointed people to Jesus, it's what we're all about. It's what we should be doing, the way we measure our youth ministry and our children's ministry and our young adults ministry and everything we do around here is does it point people 
to Jesus. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit, when he moves, he is in alignment with God's word and he will point people to Jesus. So in my own life, in my own everyday walk, the measure of the Holy Spirit is transformation, not demonstration. I'm breaking this down a little bit further for you because a lot of us are confused about the Holy Spirit because when we hear Holy Spirit, we hear power. We hear power, right? When we hear Holy Spirit, we hear, oh, powerful things are gonna happen. Our mind immediately goes to, our mind immediately goes to gifts. It immediately goes to power demonstrations. We are, we are supremely attracted to power demonstrations. We like to see signs and wonders and miracles and all of those should be a normative part of all of our lives as believers. All of us should be walking around, walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. All of us should be walking around and the Holy Spirit operating through us in gifts of faith and gifts of word of wisdom and word of knowledge and prophetic words. The Holy Spirit should be using us to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. All of that. And we're going to talk about that during this series. That should be a normative part of our lives. But in the church, we have focused on the power and we've misunderstood that before there's power, there has to be fruit. That power is easy. I can take two wires and I can, well, three. I can take three wires and I can stick it into that hole over there and power's easy. Power's easy. But being designed in such a way that I can handle that power. Oh, this is good. This is a good illustration. Being created and formed and shaped and designed some architect putting me together, putting this thing together in a way that can handle that power and that can make that power useful is something completely different. But in the church, we've got it upside down. We're attracted to power. We want power so desperately that we're not willing to allow or take time for the shaping and the forming and the transformation that is necessary to make that power useful. And we take 220 and we just turn it loose because we want to see a show. We take 220 and we turn it loose. And all the while, we do more damage than we do good because we've taken power. We've taken power that hasn't, that hasn't been placed in a vessel that has been designed and created and formed in such a way that it can make use of that power. And we in our immaturity... We in our immaturity turn loose what was never meant to be turned loose, especially in our communities. So how do we, pastor, how do we measure the Holy Spirit's activity among us? How do we measure the effectiveness or the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, it's very simple. We measure the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and the effectiveness or the actualness of the Holy Spirit in us and among us, even in our own lives, not through demonstration of power, but we measure it through transformation that takes place in our lives. Matthew chapter 7 Verse 15, this is again Jesus talking. He hearkens back, as I mentioned earlier, to those Old Testament prophets. And he, he hearkens out to their understanding of prophets in that day, which we'll, we'll get to the idea of what is a what are the Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5 gifts. And we'll talk about all of those things and the other gifts of the Spirit. Uh, but 
Jesus, in their understanding that day, they would have had at work among them people who operated more like Old Testament prophets. And Jesus says to them, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Get that. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So Jesus clearly is saying to those who are following him as you have these people who are running around saying, I speak for God and this and this and this. Jesus says, okay, that's wonderful that you see these demonstrations of power, but if you really wanna know, if you really wanna know if this is from God or not, look at their fruit. See, we determine in the body of Christ, we determine our acceptance of a person's gift by their fruit. Let me say that again. We determine the acceptance of a person's gift by their fruit. Gifts are easy. You can take three wires, you can plug it into that wall. Power is not hard. Fruit, fruit on the other hand, has to be grown. A vessel that can take that raw power and use it in a way that is constructive, that is safe, that is healthy for the community, takes engineering, it takes design, it takes time and intentionality. So how do we determine whether or not we accept that power? We determine whether or not we accept it by a person's fruit. Last week I gave you a little bit of an introduction to this idea or this concept. I've told you, this is where we finish the message. I told you that the book of Galatians chapter five really helps us to figure this out. You remember that clearly. Galatians chapter five, verse 13 through 15 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So fascinating when you read about the New Testament church or when you read these letters that Paul wrote to the New Testament church and and the way that they were growing in development. I love reading them uh, for what they really were. And the New Testament church had a huge problem with racism. It had a huge problem with power imbalance. It had a huge problem with one race dominating over another. It had a huge problem with uh, Jewish people who had, had come to Christ thinking that somehow or another because they were Jewish, they were more powerful or they had more access to God than other people. There was a huge problem in some places in the church where men thought that they somehow or another were greater in the kingdom of God because they were men. I mean, they were an absolute mess. Doesn't sound familiar at all to any of us, right? They were a mess. 
And yet in the middle of this mess, the Holy Spirit was at work and he was demonstrating the kingdom of God. And so Paul writes and he says, listen, guys, you're so spiritual and you've got all these gifts and these wonderful things are happening. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna figure this out, how to really be my community, there's a measuring stick and that measuring stick is easy. It is fruit. That measuring stick is easy. It is love. Everything begins, everything ends, everything points to love because Jesus is love, because the nature of God is love. And if you really wanna know if this is from God or not, it is love. It is not power imbalance. It's not leading like the Gentiles. It's not lording it over them. It's not you having some high position or you having some great authority. In fact, Jesus taught us very clearly those with the greatest authority, if they're in the kingdom, they will lower themselves the most. Man, this is good preaching. And Jesus says, listen, here's how you really will know if a person's walking in the spirit or they're living in the spirit or they're really demonstrating the Holy Spirit instead of a human spirit. It is in the tension. You really wanna write this down. It is in the tension of community that our maturity is exposed. It is in the tension of community that you really learn what somebody is made of. It is in the tension of community that you learn what spirit someone is walking in. This is why everything in the New Testament flows through the community of the local church. This is why even the Ephesians gifts are supposed to operate through the local church. It is because you wanna know what something is made of, put it in a, put it in a place where it gets resistance. If you wanna know the material that something is made of, you've gotta stress test it. If I build or design a car before I put it on the marketplace, I'm gonna put it in wind tunnels. I'm gonna have stress tests done it. I'm gonna put it under extreme heat. I'm gonna put it under extreme cold. I'm gonna stress test that puppy before I ever put it out there for people to drive it. Why? Because it is only under pressure that you really find out what something is made of. It is in the tension of community that we find out what a person's fruit is. So we as the community, we as the body of Christ, we shouldn't be enamored with gifts. Instead, we should be looking for fruit. We are encouraged. Well, doesn't the Bible say that we shouldn't judge one another? Well, I just read from the same chapter that Jesus talked about that very thing. And if you think that Jesus said that we're not supposed to examine each other's fruit, go read the whole chapter. I just read the rest of the chapter to you. Jesus said, look out for the false prophets. And the way you know if they're a false prophet or not is you look for their fruit. Galatians chapter five lays out for us what the fruit of the spirit is. Galatians five verses 16 through 21 says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So that you are not to do whatever you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, and discord, and jealousy, and fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, and drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. How can he say that they won't inherit the kingdom of God? Because they are not walking by the 
Spirit of God. But wait a minute. They can prophesy. Wait a minute. They can do all of these miracles. They can do all of these things. Yeah, Jesus talked about that. He talked about the fact that in the last days, there are going to be people who come to him and say, Jesus, I did all of these things in your name. And he says, get away from me. I never knew you. We don't measure people by their gifts. We measure people by their fruit. And in the community, there's a type of pressure that takes place. There's a war that takes place. The thing is, you bring out the best in me and you bring out the worst in me. I can't believe you just said that about me. I bring out the best in you and I bring out the worst in you. And it's in community that I learn that that which is worse in me I learn how to die to those things. So that which is best in me, which is the presence of God, which is the active Holy Spirit in me, producing the nature and character of Jesus, comes out. Well, how do I know if I should listen to you or follow you or submit to you or receive from you? Well, it's very simple. Check my fruit. Every gift of the Holy Spirit is filtered through the tree it grows on. Every gift of the Holy Spirit, which we're going to talk about, is filtered through the tree that it grows on. But unfortunately, because we have turned the church into a consumer event, because we are more interested in what we can get than we are interested in loving one another, we force people to the front. We applaud them to go to the front. We want them to get to the front so that we can prostitute their gift because we, we care more about how their gift benefits us than we do about their soul. And this passage says that even though there are people who have gifts, their souls are not going to end up in the kingdom. And we do each other a disservice when we pull and, and we claim and we, and we push for people to give us from their gifts before we've taken time in community to allow the tension of the community to grow us into a place in which we can handle and demonstrate in a healthy way the power of God. Every tree, every tree filters the life that comes through its vine and demonstrates it in the fruit that it bears. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 26 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I said this a few Sundays ago. Some of you weren't very happy with me. Don't be you. Be Jesus. Don't be your best self. Because your best self is not what this world needs. And it's not what you need. I know the lie of the devil and the lie of the world and the lie of pop culture tells you to just be you and just do you and just be your best self. Well, your best self is dead in sin. Your best self your best self is never enough to get you free from the bondage of death and hell in the grave. And it's certainly not enough for anybody else. Instead, we need the Holy Spirit to produce within us the character and the nature of Jesus. What the Bible teaches us is that we are to die to self so that the Holy Spirit might show Christ through us. So we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying one another. Very two 
very, it's interesting the way that Paul does this. He's so in tune with human nature. And I love Pauline writing because he's very self-aware, but then he's also aware of human nature. He says, don't become conceited. So there's a human response to pressure, and that is pride. And then there's another human response to pressure, and that is insecurity. And it's so interesting. I mean, Paul is so brilliant. And he says, listen, under pressure, you can tell when someone's walking in their flesh because they're, even gonna go, they're either going to go the route of pride or they're going to go the route of insecurity. And both of those things are ugly in that they are less than who God has created and designed us to be. And they are less than who Christ is trying to produce in us through the work of the Spirit. And how do I know those things are at work? Well, I love when I shouldn't love. I have joy when there is no happiness. I walk in peace when things are crazy around me. I can keep going. I can have forbearance. I can be kind when others are not kind to me. I can be good. I can be faithful. I can be gentle. I can have self-control. See, the Holy Spirit transforms us into the people who are producing from the inside out the character of Jesus. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. What does he do? He transforms us from the inside out. He transforms us from the inside out into people, into people who are modeling, who are showing Jesus. Matthew chapter seven, verse 24 through 27. I know I've given you a lot of scripture today and I hope you'll have time to go back and read it later. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is Jesus talking again, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is from that passage earlier where Jesus, that whole don't judge anybody and people not really understanding what that's about. And Jesus goes on to say, no, you look at people who are trying to demonstrate the power of God and you look at their fruit comes down to the end of that chapter and he says this, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against, them, beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. In other words, Jesus is saying to them, if you want to be able to stand, remember, He's talking to people who are fighting insecurity and doubt. And in this particular case, he's talking to people who are trying to determine what is the Holy Spirit, what is not the Holy Spirit. How do I know who's working for God and who's not working for God? How do I know if I'm working for God or if I'm not working for God? Jesus makes it really clear. He says this, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to build your life on the rock, on me. Your faith. Your life, it shouldn't be built on power demonstrations. It should be built on the truth, the truth of who I am. And the great thing for every one of us is that truth is alive. It is alive. It is alive inside of you as a follower of Jesus. It's not Pastor Randy up on the stage. It's not that great saint across the room who prayed for you and you felt doodads run all up and down you when you prayed for them. No, 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 no. As a follower of Jesus, it's inside of you. It's that voice that says, this is truth. This is truth. And this reveals Jesus. So what he's saying is, be obedient to that. 
Listen to that. Build your life on that truth. And you'll be like a house that's built on a strong foundation. That when the wind comes, when the storm comes, when things are out of control, you will stand. Speaking of standing, will you stand with me? If you would, just close your eyes for a minute. Holy Spirit, we today have, we've talked a lot about you. And what we've read in scripture is that you're not really trying to draw attention to yourself. In fact, what you do is you point people to Jesus. And that when you speak and when you act, you're speaking and acting in alignment with the Father. But Holy Spirit, what we learned last Sunday is that you're our helper. That you're our advocate, that you're our paraclete, that you're our teacher and guide. And so Holy Spirit, we ask you right now, help us. Help the things that we've shared this morning to come alive inside of us. For every person here from the person who's been following you maybe for decades versus the person who may here to be here today and maybe they've not even surrendered their life to Jesus yet. Every person here today, Holy Spirit, I pray, I ask you, speak to us. Make clear the voice of the Father to us. Point us to the truth of Jesus and his desire for our lives. Let me pray for you and uh, then we will be dismissed today. Lord, I thank you for each one of my friends who are here today. Lord, Desert and I take so seriously the call that you've placed on our life to shepherd this community under you as the lead shepherd. Lord, we carry this weight with a lot of reference. And we know that we make mistakes. We know that we know that we don't get it right. But Jesus, we committed ourselves a long time ago that as much as we are not perfect everything we do must point people to you Jesus because you are perfect and so I pray this week may may the words of Jesus echo in the hearts of this people May your encouragement and your peace and your strength and your blessing, King Jesus, rule and reign in every one of these people's hearts and lives, no matter what they face, no matter where they go through or what opportunity comes their way. Holy Spirit, we ask you, shine through them, operate through them, work in great power through them as we are all vessels of honor good trees bearing good fruit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have a great week in the Lord.